Welcome to Profiles, a three-part podcast that dives deep into the lives of promotional products professionals. Profiles is brought to you by Promo Journal, a division of Promo Corner. Promo Journal provides fresh, daily content from industry thought leaders. Blogs, videos, product features, and live content all in one convenient location. Weekly advertising opportunities are available. Contact sales at promocorner.com to get your message seen. Hello and welcome to our fourth series of Promo Corner's new podcast, Profiles, where we're talking with longtime industry professionals about their experiences and their take on the promotional products world today. I'm your host, Steve Woodburn, and thank you for taking time to listen. Daryl Griffin, the founder and CEO of distributorship Accolades, Inc. in Atlanta, Georgia, has been at it for 31 years. She's seen a lot of changes in that time, including how men used to treat women in sales. Called on this guy and um, got, he gave me an appointment and I sat down. I had sent in my, at the time, there was the brochure and the folder, all the paper we sent in. So... I sent that in and my cover letter and he gave me an appointment and I got there that day and he called me in and sat down and he said, um, first question. Uh, so what does your husband do? So, you know, I can't show any expression. I said, um, he owns a small business. Oh, um, well, what kind of business is he in? Okay. Okay. Question number two. So I said, well, he's in plastics packaging, uh, industrial film and whatever. And he goes, and why aren't you in business with him? This is the line of questioning. So I thought, why do I have to be in business? I never thought about being in business. So I said, well, we have uh, taken divergent uh, paths of ownership. Um, and this is something I like and want to do. And this is something, cause I'm really at a loss for words because this is the third question and we haven't talked anything. He said, um, well, I, you know, I, I wonder if you all have looked at, uh, combining resources. I mean, do you have the same office space? Um, do, and he's delving into my husband. He's, 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 he's delving into what he does and he's baffled that we're not in the same business. I work out of my house. He has an office. Why don't I work in the office with him? And so now I'm getting a tad irritated. He continued to ask questions totally unrelated to the reason she was there and kept delving into her husband's line of work and was perplexed as to why she didn't work with him. Finally, he asked, What did you do before starting this company? And I said, I uh, worked for in corporate America um, for Xerox for 10, 12, whatever years. And uh, I really liked it. And he says, oh, gosh, you it seems like other than um, a school teacher, you have always been in a male dominated industry. And I said, now that you say that I have, uh, I said, but I don't really find that problematic by now. I'm so out of that room and I'm in my car and I'm headed down. I'm headed back home because I can see that his was a generational thought of I should either be at home or I should be in business with my husband. We talked about um, 
doing business together at the very end of the conversation. Um, but he let me know very clearly that he had two people, two guys that he worked with. She knew he would never be a customer, but it did help her realize the challenges she would face in a business where, at the time, men were the predominant buyers of promo. But the upside was... I feel that being a woman in this business is can be extremely rewarding because of the flexibility. I don't want to sound sexist, but the reality is it did free me up to go on the school bus trip to the zoo with with my son or work in the library and still earn a living. She found out, though, that being a woman in business meant she would also have to deal with men in other industries who also didn't feel she was capable. When, after four and a half years, I decided to move out of my home and get office space, I found this teeny tiny little um, office space. And the day before I was to sign the lease, the realtor called me, I mean, the, the broker called and said, when you come tomorrow, make sure you bring your husband. It's on the phone. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I guess I was just stupid. And I said, oh, okay, what, why do I need to bring my husband? And he said, well, you need someone to co-sign the lease. And I said, no. I said, my husband, three years prior to me, left mobile oil company and started a business. I said, he had to borrow money to start his business. I only needed to go to sign anything because he used our home as collateral and my name was on the deed. Never did anyone ask me to come with him to sign an office lease. And I'm not doing, I'm not bringing my husband to co-sign. I thanked him and said, I appreciate all of your help and I, I won't be doing that. She left fully intending to look elsewhere, but the man soon called her back and relented. I've experienced good success in this industry for 31 years. I don't take it lightly that I was mentored by one of the best and most well-known people. I take that very seriously. But if I have to try to set that aside, I think that um, people have been um, supportive, helpful. Um, I've had a good run and I say it in past tense as if it's, I don't think it's over, but I've had a good run. Um, people have been um, kind. Those that have not been kind, I don't think it was because uh, I was a woman. I think it's just, they're jerks. One of the other things that bothered her when she was first getting started were suppliers who had policies that were less than inviting for distributors. Some of the things I, I did not like when I entered in this industry were companies who uh, had uh, restrictive policies on who could buy from them. Um, if you didn't have a certain um, level of revenue, and Steve, you'll remember this, I can name some. They weren't gonna take you in. Of course, given time, they all turned uh, and changed um, on that. But that was when you're like, well, I have this order and, and I wanna place this order. Nope, um, we take people at this level. There weren't a lot of them, but 
I, I came from high-end non-branded merchandise premiums and I morphed into the branded merchandise side. So I had the clients that could do that. I didn't have the financial resources to pay up front for every order or, or to try to have the revenue that, that you could do business with me. And I didn't like that. There was nothing I could change about it. But these restrictive policies, um, I didn't like. And I, I know of a couple of companies now that are one or one's out of business and one, well, I know of some that um, not because of any small order, I would bring them, but it was practices like that, that were restrictive to not just women, but to everybody. And I didn't like that. I was a teeny tiny company. I am still a teeny tiny company. And we, every now and then we will stumble upon or acquire that client that needs what you have. And we want to buy from you. When starting a business, one of the first things you need to do is come up with a name. So how did she go about choosing the name Accolades for hers? The dictionary. Um, seriously, I had about eight names. And many of them I wanted were, um, I wanted something regal. Yes, I did want to be at the top of the alphabet, but that was not my sec. That was like my second in criteria. I wanted something like Monarch or it had to have a, a premium regal big company name because I'm one person and I spent a lot of money that I didn't have on a graphic designer to get the logo and a lot of money on my business cards and a lot of money on that. So the look of this big company would be there. And I was working out of a bedroom about the size of this, but um, so, I don't know. I just flipped through the dictionary and saw accolades and I liked it. And I bounced it off of a couple of people and one person who was a business owner at the time. And um, she was, she's a woman. And she said, let me give you some advice. I like accolades, but it could, it, what does it mean? You, you need to come up with some kind of tagline or something. It's okay. She said, but here's my advice. She said, find 10 people that you know, take your top three names, find 10 people that you know, and make sure some of those don't always agree with you and call them up and ask them what they think of these names. So I bounce, you know, everything I bounce off of, of my husband, my, um, my dad had passed, I bounced off my mom and some family members. And we all agree, uh, it gives you the A at the top. Um, and that's how we came up with uh, the tagline because it was, I was, remember, I was only selling reward and recognition premium items at the time. So that's how we came up with for those who deserve them because that's who's getting accolades. Then there was the one customer who just couldn't pronounce her name correctly. And I had one guy that could not pronounce accolades and he called it allocates. But it made me think, is somebody else gonna call it allocates? The guy ended up being my client uh, that couldn't say the name. And until he retired, when I'd go to meet with him, he could never say it right. And I could never tell him <laughs> that you're screwing up my company name. So I just let him buy from me. 
And we had a good relationship for about four years and he retired and he retired thinking we were allocates. And I wanted to tell him so bad we're accolades, but I couldn't. There are upwards of 25,000 promotional products distributors in the U.S. And for the most part, all of them sell the same products from the same core group of suppliers. So how does Daryl go about differentiating her company from all her competitors? We try to personalize everything that we do for our client. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we have um, the most perfect customer service or the most perfect whatever, but we try hard. Um, just as I told you, I used to have my friends and neighbors gather all of the brochures and information on each company um, so that I could understand the David and Goliath of who I was up against. Um, I also did things internally once we got a, a team. At one time we were up to nine people. Um, I used to also have my, my friends and my relatives call my office and see how my phone is answered. See how people, what do they say to them? Because there were very, um, I had a very strict, strict protocols in place about how the phone needed to be answered, what you said to people. And my main thing was I don't hire receptionists. Receptionists take messages and write down phone numbers and pass the messages along. I can't afford a receptionist. So everyone in my company that answers the phone is there to help somebody. I'm sorry she's not available. How may I help you? I'm sorry he's not here. He's out on a call. How may I help you? She believes there is one question she and her employees must always ask when answering the phones. What is that question? How may I help you? That was our um, that was our question. How may I help you? And, 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 and if you remember the story back in the 80s of how uh, McDonald's added more than double digit growth to their bottom line was the question. And would you like fries with that? It was a simple question. They were already the leader in fast food and people love McDonald's fries. But market share was down in fries. People were rolling through to get the Big Mac and they were rolling through to get the quarter pounder or whatever. One question, would you like fries with that? Whether it was the drive-through or the in, in store. Ours is how may we help you? How may I help you? And her team always adds something extra to a quote or proposal. Otherwise, where's the creativity? We talk to you. We find out what you want, what you don't want, when you need it, how much you want to spend. We go off and see if we can get that. And, and we always have to add something extra. We never provide a quote to anyone that is exactly what they ask for, because that does not require any creativity. It does not require any thought on our part. You want it pins? Okay, but you know, what about some packaging? What about we can send them to the homes? What about we can put it in a cup and send it with a keychain? I'm just making something up. So there are things that we did do that we continue to do that I feel like got us to 31 years being the David and not 
the Goliath. In our third episode with Daryl, she explains why you must know your numbers if you're going to stay in business and stay solvent. And she talks about what she's most proud of and what she regrets. From all of us at Promo Corner, thanks for listening to Profiles. I'm Steve Woodburn, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Profiles. Join us again as we continue to explore the lives of people who have impacted our industry. Profiles was brought to you by Promo Journal, a division of Promo Corner. Promo Journal provides fresh, daily content from industry thought leaders. Blogs, videos, product features, and live content all in one convenient location. Weekly advertising opportunities are available. Contact sales at promocorner.com to get your message seen.